Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, everyone, this is episode five of Sex with My Grandma. And tonight we're going to be talking about everything that comes under the communication topic so as always, I've got the amazing, beautiful, my grandma, Ruth Simons with me. Hey, Bubba. Hi, darling. <laughs> How are you? Good. Really good. Race <laughs> time from work so I could get here to before the state of origin tonight. So all good. All good. <laughs> I've been sitting here with a glass of wine waiting for you. So I'm thrilled you're finally here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we've had a lot of questions over the last couple of weeks about communication. Yeah. And yeah. in my opinion, obviously communication is something that's super crucial, whether it's in a romantic relationship or a friendship, but I would love to know whether communication comes up in your rooms and how it comes across in your as a in your day to day practice, and does it come up as an issue often? Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia, I have a chapter in my book that I wrote some years ago called "Communication: The Missing Link." Communication mm. is the most talked about issue in my room. It affects everything that we do. It affects our relationship, how we fight fair in resolving conflict, sexual issues, and every person who presents in my office wants to improve their relationship and, and, and it's all about communication. So, yeah, I feel like a lot of people could, could like could improve on their communication skills. Like even me, mm-hmm. I feel like I get tongue tied. I don't say what I mean. Mm-hmm. The wrong thing comes out. Like I think communication is crucial in most parts of your life? Well, it is. And uh, I explain to couples, uh, the first thing I do when a couple comes into my room and I give it to every single person that comes in, I give them a little test, which I've been, it's the only test I've ever given people and I've been using it for 35 years. And it actually shows my couples how they communicate with each other and most people can you do the test on me what's the test well i can't do it right now <laughs> it's, it's a pen and paper t- test but it actually blows couples away because it's so accurate and and it shows couples who is the dominant person in the relationship so if somebody is highly critical it shows them how the partner comes up and either puts up and shuts up or rebels against their criticism. And so I, I explained to them that they have like a parent-child relationship happening. And, you know, especially, oh, yeah. when it, especially when it comes to sexual relationships, I say, for God's sake, you've got a parent-child relationship happening here and who wants to go to bed 
with someone who acts like a parent or someone who acts like a child. But oh my god, that makes me feel weird. I know, but but that's the reality of it. But couples, couples, some people have a problem. You, you you know when somebody's really listening to you, and and engaging in you with in in your communication, and you know when their mm. eyes when their eyes glaze over and you lose them. And yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I do it all myself. I do it all the time. <laughs> Ask my friends. I've become so much better at it recently. But you know, for a while there, I would literally just that you could tell when I wasn't listening because I just go, mm, totally. <laughs> like it was so bad. And I know so you, bad, so obvious. I know you've done it to me many times, Livia. I know exactly what you're talking about. Love, I have not. I always listen to <laughs> I might not take your advice, but I listen to it. Okay. So couples communicate just yeah. by saying to each other, Hi honey, how was your day today? And yeah. sometimes that you'll get a little bit of feedback and engage in conversation. Other and when we talk about engaging in conversation, they actually might mm. turn around and say, "How was your day today?" And you might turn around and say, "Oh, I had a, an awful day today." And they go, "Oh, that's a shame," and then go on doing what they're doing, and that's called engaging in conversation. But what mm-hmm. then? I explain to them that great communication is is actively engaging in conversation. So if you turned mm. around and said, I had a really bad day today, then you the, the other person then comes back and says, Well, what what happened today? Would what happened? Like, would you like yeah. to talk about it? Um <clears throat> yeah. is there anything so that that's a that's a good tip happen? on how to be a good communicator. So listening and responding based on what they've said. Yes. Rather than just being like, Yeah, cool. Yes. Or yeah, totally. As I would. And and there's three ways we communicate. There's a there's a predictable communication. So if I said to you, How are you feeling today, Liv? And you turn around and said, Um, I'm good, thanks, Bob. Um, that's predictable. I would have expected you to turn around and answer me. Unpredictable is if I turned around and said, how are you today? And you turned around and said, it's none of your business. So I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't dare say that to you. No, but that's called unpredictable (laughs) transaction. And a lot of people do that. But the most Mm. damaging way we communicate is, and all couples do it. And it's the greatest breakdown in relationships. It's called ulterior transactions. When you say something, but you mean something else. Okay, so can you give me an example? Yeah. So if I if I said to you or if you said to me, um, well, have you got the microphone set up like we did last week? Mm-hmm. And and I said, I haven't quite got it. And you roll your eyes back and say, I'm sure I've told you this a few times, Bubba, with your eyes rolling yeah. back. So the ulterior message that you're giving me just by your body language and your facial expression is that, you know, you're a bit of an idiot. When are you ever going to learn how to do this? And so so when somebody gives you an ulterior message, you always pick up the hidden message. And couples... So it's whether that... So the hidden message, could that be verbal or nonverbal? So it might be conveyed through body language as well? Yes, 100%. And so, Mm. you know, when couples talk to each other, and you might turn around and say, do you like what I'm wearing tonight? And and your partner might come back and say, 
Yeah, I've told you before about that outfit. <laughs> I like. I, I think I like it. Well, the right. of course the underlying message there is that they don't, and so it's all the underlying message is always heard as criticism, and so the the person responds to the criticism, and then the other person thinks, "Why are they snapping back at me? All they did was ask me if I like this dress or not." And yeah, the reality, and I, you know, I think I said to you last week, say it straight or you won't show, and you won't show it crooked, and. Yeah, I like that. And the thing is that that if you really want to say something, do say it straight to them. Mm. Um, so basically when it comes to communicating, mm. just say it how it is. The, like the more straightforward you can be, the better it is for everyone basically. Absolutely. So if you're trying to be a bit passive aggressive <laughs> and give these ulterior messages through body language or through your tone, yep. all you're doing is a disservice to the relationship itself. Yes. And so even like when you go out on a date – and, you know, yeah. we talk about dates. Um, you can learn a lot by being a good listener. And I also think by picking up on body language as well. A lot of um, a lot of messaging and a lot of, like, your communication is actually done through your tone and through your body language. Absolutely. It does. It is. Yeah. It is. Fa- facial expressions. Yeah. So when you go on a date, I actually have a test that I do on dates. Okay. What is it? Okay. Oh my God. I'm going to literally set myself up for anyone that I date in the future, okay. but I don't care. Here we go. Right. So, you know, um, you can tell whether you're getting along with someone or whether someone likes you by doing this thing called mirroring Yes. and seeing if they'll follow you. So like you lean forward or back mm-hmm. or like lean to one side or another, yeah. take a sip of water, whatever. And if yeah. they mirror you, mm-hmm. you can tell that they're into you or they're listening to you or they're engaged with you. Yes. And it's like a little test that's so easy to do. Yeah. And guys, I honestly recommend it because it's so easy. <laughs> Just see what, see how they're like vibing with you based on your own body, body language, language yeah. and see if they'll match that's you. That's actually a very good idea, very good way of testing the, the water there. That's good on you. That's a very good one. What else do you do? I'm a seasoned, I'm a seasoned data bubble. Like I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I know what to do. And also, so, okay, so when you're leaning forward and you're talking to yeah. them and they lean back in their chair and cross their arms, what are they saying to you? Mm. What's the body language? I don't know because, well, obviously I would say that they're not interested yeah. if they're moving away from you. I think yeah. so too. Sorry, I just moved away from the mic just doing that actually. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's like. If you lean forward and then they lean forward yeah. to match you, yeah. it's mirroring. They're, they're, they're syncing with you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if they lean back, yeah. you're fucked. Get off the date. Yeah. Goodbye. Exactly. Run. So I, I, I thought I'd, I'd give you a, a, a little um, snapshot of what to look for when you go on a date and listen to what the other person is saying. So there, there's three things to look for. So if somebody – plays the victim. Like look for in a good way or look for in a bad way? Well, to be aware of. So like red flags. Red flags. We love a red flag. Okay. I'm all about a red flag. Okay. Yeah. So tell me. If, if the person plays the victim and plays a game that I call poor me ain't it awful and they sit there through oh, yeah. the whole dinner telling you what a terrible life they've had and what a, a hardship they've got and their car broke mm. down last week and is there any way that you can give them a lift to work on Tuesday? You know, this oh. this person is a professional victim and they're, they're wanting to hook you to rescue them. I call that soggy energy. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's so boring. That's good. 
Yeah. Then you get the other type that are blamers. Um, and if they sit there telling oh. you about their life story and listen yep. to the fact that they blame everything everything on their life to somebody else and never take responsibility mm-hmm. for anything that's happened in their own lives. They have an answer that this one, because of this one, this happened, because of that, this happened. Right. And, the, yeah. and, and then the big one that I don't like is that people. Narcissist. The narcissist who sits there yeah. and tells you all about themselves and doesn't ask you one single solitary question about you. And. Oh, my yeah. God. So we've got victims, yes. blamers, and narcissists. Yes. And I swear to you, Bubba, I attract at least one of them a week. <laughs> you don't. Do you really? <laughs> so what do you what do you I'm do kidding. with them? How do you deal with them? I don't you say deal goodbye. With them. goodbye. You say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's really, really good to listen to. And if you find that you get attracted to people who are needy and they look like victims, then you have to ask yourself, what's going on mm. for me that I'm a classic rescuer, that I seem to have attract all these victims and all I spend all I do is spend my life looking after other people then you then you yeah. then you need to question yourself and why you, you know what's going on for you that you feel a need to be needed mm. as well I used to be a rescuer do you remember yes I do I do I used to be so for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what a rescuer mm. is it's basically someone who gives unsolicited advice mm. and decides that they're going to fix everyone's problems yes. without being asked and mm. Do you know what happens? You think you're doing a good job. You think you're doing a, such a nice thing for this person. You're you're doing them a favor. You're helping them out. But the person that you're trying to help actually ends up resenting you 100%. because they haven't actually asked for your help or your opinion, whereas you think you're doing a nice thing. So rescuers, beware. Yes. Oh, my God. Not anymore. You, you no. have been such a, look out for number one. such a good pupil, Olivia. I, I couldn't have said that better myself. Good on you. I think I, I know. I've been listening to a pro for a very long time, so easy to pick up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Shall I give you some other questions? Yes. So we've got some listener questions from you guys. Yes. And honestly, the questions that I got this week are like fucking amazing. Okay. I swear to All you. Right. So do we think that honesty is always the best policy? Yes, in most cases. But I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, oh, yeah. I think that if somebody very early days in a in a relationship may cheat on their have cheated on their partner um mm-hmm. or do, or have done something wrong that by telling the the other person it opens up a pandora's box and hurts a lot of people so some so honestly can like can hurt people yeah. we know that okay. though so yeah. my attitude is is if nobody if, if your secret can never get out and if what you've done by telling about telling other people about it is only going to hurt someone then don't do it you you go to go to your grave you go to your grave it's your con it's your conscience that you have to deal with and I'll tell you mm-hmm. about a client that I had years ago years and years ago. He decided to tell his wife after being married for about 30 years that he'd slept with three people that she knew. And she was while they were married? It might yes, early days of their marriage. So Oh my god. The woman was horrified and she said, "Wait, so how how long after the like the the what do you call it, the cheating? Yeah. Did he tell her 30 this? years later?" 
Oh, my God. So I said, why? Well, that's what. I said to him, why are you telling her this now? Are you frightened that you're going to die and you won't go to heaven? And he said, mm. no, I feel that I owe it to her. And I said, okay. I think he's selfish. Fair, oh, okay. my God, selfish. You've got that's, – mm-hmm. that's not even worth the word. But anyway, he did tell her, and she was – absolutely devastated and she said to him of course i'll forgive you as long as you tell me the names of the three women that you slept with and he absolutely refused and she's that's so fucking selfish oh my god i said it. that is so outrageous i know so i said to him you have to tell her i said you can't half tell the story if you're going to tell her that you've cheated on her with three people that she knows you have to tell her who they are. I said, because you're protecting Mm -hmm. the other people. You're not honouring your wife. And I said, I have no idea why you're telling her after 30 years. Mm. Anyway, he said, no, it's my principle. I will not disclose their names. So guess what she did? She left him. That's it, 100%. Oh, yes, Claire. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. her. So we backed the fight on him. Yes. And I, I Look, still no, don't. I don't get me yeah. wrong. I think, mm-hmm. like, I, I admire him for trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. but I think it's too little too late yeah. and he's doing it for the wrong reasons yes. in this case, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I still don't, I honestly opinion. still don't know why he told her. I, I think he honestly thought, they, I think it, it might have been a bit of religious um guilt mm. that he thought that maybe he yeah, won't go to heaven. Yeah, anyway, whatever it is, yeah, he lost her oh, it, along the way. Okay. Yeah. All right. So next question. Yeah. How can you effectively set your boundaries with someone? What do you mean by boundaries? In what in what direction? I would say like early on in a relationship, you're trying to communicate your boundaries with someone. So say someone does something, you're started date stating someone and they've done something that's upset you, how do you efficiently but gent- – like not gently but like effectively communicate your boundaries? I, I, so like for example, mm. literally a friend of mine last mm. week, he's been seeing this guy for mm. a month yep. and he had loose plans with him to catch up later on that night. Yeah. It was, he finished work, messaged his boyfriend, didn't hear back from him, Basically, it was like long saga, but long story short, they'd made loose plans and the boyfriend never got back to him. So he felt very betrayed because he'd made plans or loose plans rather. So how would you effectively set those boundaries with someone to be like, I'm not going to sit around and wait for you all night. If that's how you want to live your life, go ahead. But like, I'm not being a part of it. Yeah. And I actually would say it straight again. I would actually say that what you did to me the other night, I thought was actually bad manners and... And, 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 it, and it was bad manners, and say that that that's not the way I do things. If we make arrangements to do things in the future, and you can't do it, and you can't take two minutes to text me or send or call me, then I don't think that we are meant for each other. To be quite honest, I agree. It yeah. takes two seconds to send a text. Exactly. So effective. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I've got a really good question for you. Are you ready for ready. this? How do you stop having the same argument with someone over and over again? That's that's a really, really good question and it's going to take me a little while to give you the answer. Um, so, all right, I, hit me. Hit me. I'm right. ready. I've got a glass of wine. I'm ready to no go. No interruptions, okay? <laughs> okay. No interruptions. No interruptions. I can't promise that. All right, so 
whenever you walk away from a, a scene with a with someone and you say to yourself, "My God, this I've got a familiar bad feeling that's happening over and over again. Why does this keep happening to us?" You are playing what I call a psychological game, and a psych with yourself or with your partner? with your partner and. A psychological game is a bad game, not a good game. And I'll tell you how psychological games come about. So as we grow up, we make decisions about ourselves that are both positive and negative. The positive things and belief systems that we have about ourselves become our resources and what we use to get on with life. But everybody has some sort of negative belief system. So, for example, it could be, I'm not good enough or it doesn't matter what I do, I can't please someone. So they're the type of messages Mm. I talk about. That negative self-talk, we all have it. Mm -hmm. So in my language, I call that a script. And a a script is like a play. You've written it yourself. You, You write it, you direct it, you produce it, you star in it, and then you surround yourself with a group of people who reinforce that belief system. So you have a script and your partner has a script. And outside of your awareness, when you have an argument, you play that script against each other. So say the person thinks that has got a script that nobody ever listens to me because they grew up as a kid in a big household where mum and dad and no one listened to them. And then she's Mm. got a husband who has a or a partner whose belief system is it doesn't matter what I do, I can't please this person. So they might have this argument yeah. where she thinks she's thinking to herself, here we go again, he never listens to me. And he says, here we go again, nothing I do pleases her. So the script turns into a psychological game. They argue. And it happens over and over, over again. And over again. Mm. And it can be a whole different set of circumstances, but the bottom line is that feeling. So then it turns into what we call the psychological game. And so there's three degrees of a game. So a first degree game is when people can laugh it off and get over it. A second degree game is when Mm. everybody walks through my door because they don't know how to deal with it anymore. And the third degree Mm -hmm. is when it's all over, when they argue. So how do do I deal with it? How do you deal with it? Yeah. First of all, I take them through a whole process to teach them about their script. We find out what their scripty message is. I show them how I get them to replay the last argument that they had. I write it all out on paper and then I get them to look at it and say, now, how could we have, how could you have answered that differently at that time? So instead of reacting the way they normally react, I get them to look at how many ways they could have done it differently so they could have got a different response in the end. And it stops the game. Do you think that? Do you think that at the end of the day, it comes down to different communication styles, and like, and genuinely, like a miscommunication? Because some people are very like literal. Some people are very, you know, figurative. Some people need to see things. Like, do you think at the end of the day, if you can understand your partner or your friend's communication style, mm. you've got a better chance of resolving conflict? Yes and no. Um, I. One of the questions that I saw come through today was how do you deal mm. with someone who doesn't show their emotions? And 
And yeah, how do you struggle okay. to like how do you communicate how, with someone who struggles to verbalize their vulnerability and their emotional communication? Like mm. I find a lot of people are very blocked off yeah. emotionally. And every time you try and have a conversation with them that really pulls on your heartstrings or is a very emotional topic for either of you, mm. a wall goes up immediately. How on earth do you deal with okay. that? I genuinely So, the, want to so know. this answers your last question that is it is a communication style that you should know each other. The reality is mm. is that it blows me away how couples can live together for years and years and years and they really don't know each other. And and that's my job. As a psychotherapist, I teach everybody about why they behave the way they do. So say for example, men are very, very bad at showing their emotions. And and there's all different reasons why they don't do it. It simply could be because mm. that's all they've learned in their household growing up as a kid. They've watched mum and dad and grandparents uh, never showing their real feelings. And so they've been given the message that big boys don't cry, right? So they don't show their feelings. Mm. So when the partner turns yeah. around and says, you never show me your feelings, I have no idea how you're feeling, he's going to look at her like she's nuts because he doesn't know what she's even <laughs> talking about. What do you mean? Because he does have a different love language to her. So when she shows – Oh, love languages. This is like one of my favorite topics. Yeah. I think we need to do an episode on that. Yes. So, Sorry, continue. Well, his way of showing his emotions is might be going out and buying a presents or working very hard so mm. that he can surprise, give her a lovely lifestyle. His, his love language is doing an acts of service as we, you know, there's mm. a book called Love Languages. Give, giving and, acts of and, service. And also yeah. what a lot of women don't realize is that when – me, when you when you turn around to a guy and say you never ever tell me what your emotions are, and they'll say it to me in the room, and I'll say to the guy, "Tell me what you what you feel physically when you're feeling anxious," and they look at me like again like I'm talking another language, and I'll say, "Okay, when you guys have a, an argument, does it make you feel good or bad?" And they'll go bad, and I say, "Okay, tell me what part of your body that you feel bad in." I they never even go into themselves because men don't think the mm. way women do and I say I feel like that's very gestalt of yes. you like where is the pain say, okay, where do you feel point, yeah, point to the body where you where you're feeling <laughs> the discomfort and they might say in my chest are they all point to their crotch no they don't <laughs> <laughs> only when they're with you Olivia not with me <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> I never cause pain, only pleasure. <laughs> Thank God my dad stopped listening to this podcast. Oh and so when when I say to them, okay, so that if you're touching your chest and you know that you're feeling there's a tightness in your chest, do you think it do you mm. think it's anger? Do you think it's anxiety? Do you think it's sadness? And I get them to identify what they're feeling. Because they had, because it's something that nobody's ever taught them before. At the same time, mm. men really shut down. If they, if men, we, we often talk about post-traumatic stress and there are so many people that grow up with complex traumas. We all know, we yeah. all, the popular topic that everybody talks about is how women are sexually abused and 
almost every woman in the world that I know walks through my door saying they've been sexually abused. Yeah. But you know, there are there, or over sexualized you know, in day to day. Are, yeah, yeah. There yeah. are many, many men who have been sexually abused themselves, but they never talk about it. It's something that's such a a shameful, deep, dark secret for a man to talk about. And in and yeah. if he hasn't been sexually abused, he might have been physically abused or mentally abused. And for the mm. way that men protect themselves is to shut down. They 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 actually shut down on all their emotions. And the the message they've got in their head is, I dare not show my emotions because it just brings back all the pain of my trauma. So again, there are right. so many reasons why people don't understand what's going on for their partners because quite often women will find out in their room, my room, that their guys have been sexually abused when they've never told them and vice versa. I. So, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, this can easily happen to women yeah. as well. But how do you overcome something like that? Like someone who puts walls up and can't yeah. identify with themselves emotionally and can't talk about mm. things that, you know, they feel deeply. And I have a lot of friends that I've tried to have these conversations mm. with and even guys I've dated that can't actually physically open up. It literally, they will not, mm. cannot. How on earth do you get someone to like or help them mm have a deeper, more emotional conversation and even to get them to feel not empathy, but like see your point of view. Cause I feel like people who put those walls up tend not to be a, like be able to relate easily to you or to be able to see your point of view well, or where you're coming again, from. Again, there's so many reasons why people don't show their emotions. I mean, we, we have people on, on the spectrum of the, you know, the Asperger's yeah. autism scale and these people have yeah but how do you overcome that well you can't like how do we you just need to understand that with people who are on the spectrum you just need to understand it for for men who but what if they're not on the spectrum okay so then what if they're just a narcissist well you know what (laughs) i I, goodbye Goodbye. (laughs) don't bother Uh, no, you know what? Narcissism, that's another word that's bandied around every day of the week in my room. And there's narcissism, there's narcissistic traits, narcissistic styles yeah. and narcissistic disorder. And a, a mm. lot of people have narcissistic traits because the whole world, particularly your generation, have been all taught to think about themselves and a lot of a lot of young people are very narcissistic in their traits which doesn't mean to say they have a disorder. Okay. The people you have to be wary of are the disordered people, but I won't go into that tonight. But <laughs> Maybe we we'll can talk, talk about, about that another time, how, but, to, how but, to identify a narcissist. But when I get guys that come in and and they literally don't know how to show their emotions, that's when I take them through what I call psychotherapy. Uh, I use a couple of psychotherapy techniques, but one of them is called EMDR, which it's a type of therapy that we use yeah. for post-traumatic stress. And when when I get to the core of what their trauma is, I have I have mm. men sobbing in my rooms that have never mm. experienced what it's like to cry. And they and they get yeah. in touch with their feelings. And once they get their trauma out and know and have dealt with it, they they change. Their whole lives change because they learn to understand that it's Mm. safe to show their emotions because a lot of guys get the message that it's not safe to show their emotions. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I get mm. you. Um, all right. So to wrap things up, I've got two questions for you. Do you reckon we can do two yep. questions? You can. Okay. Mm. First one that I want to touch on is ghosting mm. and the lack of like a communication <clears throat> yeah. breakdown. Why do you think people these mm. days ghost people? And for anyone who doesn't know what ghosting is, it basically is like when you are dating someone and suddenly they completely stop talking to you, won't respond to any of your messages or your calls, and they just basically disappear. That's ghosting. I And I personally think mm. it's, a, it's a very cowardish I think way so out. too. Has it ever opinion. happened to you? Look, I'll tell. I'll say no, but pro- mm-hmm. no. You know what? It hasn't. No, mm. no mm. it hasn't. No, you know what? It probably has, and I've just blocked it out because I'm literally too self protective to even think that I no. could be ghosted. But I, I can proudly say I'm too narcissistic to say she's ever happened. To- <laughs> <laughs> that's that's called a narcissistic trait. <laughs> Okay, let's just say there's a there's a chance. I can't think of it right now, but there's okay. a good chance. I've been I honestly, surely okay. I have. So I think surely. that anybody that does that is probably someone who has never been taught manners. And oh my god, no, I remember okay. one. I have. Yeah, I have. Well, don't you think that it it's one of the most disrespectful, bad mannered things you could possibly do? And why would anybody? think that it's okay to to ask someone out on a date or something and if they don't like them they then shut down on them and ghost them I think it is just these people really really need to go to manor school and learn you know Mm. I just find it deplorable it's just unnecessary and it's very hurtful and I think like I actually quite pride myself like if I have gone on a Mm. date with someone and I'm not into them I'll tell them straight up I'll be like so nice meeting you Mm. had a great time no hard feelings but just wasn't feeling it Mm. or best and they often every single time I get a good response and they're like thanks so much for being honest really appreciate and likewise that's definitely happened to me before as well it's the best response because then if you see them in the street you see them at a party or you see them at a bar you're far more likely mm. to be like Hey, I, yeah. and I think it's cowardly, as you said. It's cowardly. It's bad manners. It's disrespectful. And my attitude would be, why would I want somebody like that in my life anyway? I would. I, I would. The first thing I would do is block their number. That's what I would do. <laughs> I would. Oh my god! I would. I, I would be honest. I've let a lot worse <laughs> back into my life than somebody's ghosted me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. All right. So you're you're. Option for that is blocking people. Noted. Oh, my God. My friends are going to give me a shit for this. Um, Okay, last question. And this is a really good question because I feel like I could actually Mm. really benefit from this. And it came from one of my really beautiful friends. How do you move past comments that are said in the heat of the moment? So let's say it's a very hurtful comment that you've said in the heat of the moment. How do you move past that? Well, it all depends how close you are to the person that says something nasty in the heat of the moment. Again, I think when people say nasty things in the heat of the moment, it's sitting at the back of their head in any way because why would you say it if the thought wasn't there in the first place unless you are just a nasty person full stop? Because I feel like people say things to hurt people. You know that hurt people, hurt well, people thing? People say things like in the response. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's okay. But I, I understand that when you're hurt, it's far easier to say something so that you don't mean. It's like an eye for an eye. 
Would you, if someone's, it's, if somebody's hurtful to you, if, are you saying, is it okay to be hurtful back? Or are you saying, hey, no, I'm saying, how do you get over things that you've said that you're hurtful, but you didn't mean? Well, quite frankly, it would, it would depend how hurtful it is. And if it was something that was said mm. that I believe is, that there's, there's hurtful and hurtful. I think that if somebody says something that really, uh, really like hits you in the guts and you think to yourself, my God, where did that come from? I actually would say to them, I'd confront them. I would say that is one of the most, hurt- yeah, I would say that's of one of the most hurtful things that I've ever, anyone's ever said to me. And, and mm. if you really mean that, I actually don't want you in my life as a friend. You couldn't possibly. I wouldn't come back. Okay, but what if you do? What if you do? Then they'd have to apologise to you. You'd want an apology. So it's all about like. But if they came back and said, "Well, I only said that because you did this," that's called justifying. I would say, "No, I'm sorry." Mm. It's like I'm sorry, sorry, but. And when people say, I'm sorry, but it means I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep on doing it. But if they actually really are sorry, they become, they say, I'm sorry, I'm so remorseful. I feel like such an idiot and so such a nasty person for saying it. And I promise I won't say it again. Then then you forgive them. But when you get them. So it's all about owning it. Totally owning their nastiness and asking for forgiveness. And you know, when Mm. somebody's being genuinely remorseful. 100%. 100%. You yes, can tell. You exactly. know. You know. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end off today. Um, <laughs> cut the losers out of your life unless they apologize, Well, basically. seriously, why would you want someone in your life that's nasty? And I think people that – I mean, if you're talking about another girl and she comes back nasty, it's probably because she's jealous of you in the first place, actually, because why are people nasty? That's honestly my my reaction to everything is if anyone's making yeah. them like you're just jealous you, of me. You, Don't know of what, you, but that's just you my actually have reaction. to be my granddaughter because I grew up with that sort of. My mother used to say if if anyone did something I didn't like, she said it's only because they're jealous of you, darling. So you obviously got the same messages, literally. <laughs> well, I grew up hearing that from you, literally. Where do you think it came oh, from? No, it gets, gets passed down through All the right, ages. Guys, literally, we run. T- I know. I'll pass it on to Lester, <laughs> my dog. All right, guys, we've literally run so mm-hmm. over time, but thank you so much. Sandra. Thanks, Booba. Love you so okay. much. Thanks for tonight. You. Love you too. All right, guys, as always, please love you. Guys, as always, please um, subscribe, follow, rate and review. We love your feedback. Please join the podcast Facebook page, which is called Sex with My Grandma podcast. We would love to have you as part of the community and get your questions and feedback there. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle is at Liv Simons. And looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks Bye, so darling. much. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.